The Gateway brings you the day's news from the St. Louis region and across Missouri. It also includes stories from the Illinois side of the river and our Metro East reporter, Will Bauer. In Alton, in Belleville, in East St. Louis, in Edwardsville, in Cahokia Heights, at Scott Air Force Base, I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. Listen to reports from Will and all of our journalists weekdays on The Gateway, on the STLPR app and wherever you get podcasts. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is Politically Speaking. Missouri has taken in billions of dollars in federal money to help combat COVID-19. But recently, lawmakers heard that the state still has lots of funds from legislation known as the CARES Act in the bank. And Missouri policymakers do not have an infinite amount of time to decide how that money will be allocated. So on this edition of Politically Speaking, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg joins me to explain how Missouri is handling this influx of federal funds and what lawmakers want to do with billions more coming to the state in the coming months. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. We have to talk about things that matter to people. I've tried to bring that same aggressive iconoclast style with me to uh, the United States Senate. I think my district is a model for the state. We put Missourians first. You just kind of have to find the common ground with people. I believe that this district deserves someone who represents their values. After I came back to St. Louis, I started thinking that I could have a bigger role on the change that I wanted to make. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, St. Louis Public Radio political correspondent, Jason Rosenbaum. Joining us for the first time as St. Louis Public Radio's State House reporter, my co-host for this episode is... Sarah Kellogg. Sarah, welcome to Politically Speaking. I am almost positive this is going to be the first of hundreds of episodes that you're going to be on. Um, But before we dive into the money that Missouri has received and will receive to combat COVID-19. I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, uh, anything (laughs) that people should know about Sarah Kellogg. I'll get into some of those things. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so I I studied journalism at the University of Missouri. Uh, Go Tigers, both undergrad and grad school. Uh, Undergrad focused more on radio reporting and then decided I wasn't quite done. So I studied public affairs reporting and actually covered uh, the Missouri legislature in 2018, which, as you know, was a very drama filled uh, session. Very, very much so. I sometimes still get nightmares about uh, that particular session, but but continue. Yeah, so I so I covered that session and then graduated. I went to Little Rock um, to be the morning edition host for KUAR, which is the public radio station down there, and then transferred to become uh, within the same station their politics reporter. Covered a couple sessions there, but now I'm back home, um, and I'm really excited to be back in Missouri and covering Missouri politics. It's something that I've always wanted to do and, and get back into. And as far as kind of goals and hopes and dreams, I guess one of my main goals as this job is to make politics seem less intimidating. I think there, you know, there might be this belief that you have to be really in the weeds to know what's going on in Missouri politics. And, and that's not necessarily true. And so that's my goal is to help help people know that they can know what's going on in their state um, on more simpler terms instead of getting really, really, you know, into complex issues, making them seem simpler, I guess. Um, and so those are kind of my hopes and dreams for the station. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's me. 
what a first challenge that you have to make a complicated topic more understandable to our listeners than talking about the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan, which are two enormous pots of federal money that the state has either received or will receive over the next few months. So let's start with the CARES Act money, which was legislation that was passed in 2020. My understanding is you were at a hearing. We still have a lot of this money left. What is the deal with the CARES Act? Yeah. So this hearing that happened, it was a House committee budget hearing. It happened on the 25th of August. And so that hearing was supposed to be about two topics. And so the first was testimony from the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education on the education system and charter school funding. And then the other part was supposed to be from the Office of Administration regarding CARES funding. But in the end, legislators spent about five and a half hours on the first topic, which only left about 30 minutes to discuss CARES funding, which was not enough time. And it wasn't a lot of time, and it's likely to be brought up again in a future meeting. So some of the legislators' questions were more or less requests to get more specific funding questions answered at a later time. Um, So there's still a lot of questions of what's available, what's been spent, and this is only for CARES funding. There's more on the way through the American Rescue Plan. And as far as what's left uh, to spend, Missouri has spent all but around $148 million as of that hearing last Wednesday, and that's from the Office of Administration. And the American Rescue Plan was passed a few months ago, and it provides large amounts of money to the states to do a whole bunch of different things. Do you have a sense of how much money the state is getting from the American Rescue Plan And do you have any sense of what Governor Parson wants to do with that money? So Missouri is getting about $2.8 billion through the American Rescue Plan, and the state's already seen about received about $1.34 billion of that funding. That's according to the Treasury Department. So, you know, the first part, COVID reimbursements, that's very similar to the CARES Act of what's already been kind of happening as far as care spending in Missouri. So that's similar. The second part, the infrastructure, you know, water, sewage, broadband, and those three specific categories. And I know the governor has already stated his intent to use American Rescue Plan money for broadband expansion. And then, yeah, there's kind of this third category that's just lost, lost revenue due to the pandemic. That could be anything. So I'm really interested interested in see kind of what those legislative priorities will be once that funding is allocated, because the state still has to allocate that money. It hasn't been spent yet. And as far as deadlines, you know, they have a lot more time for this than they did before. So the money has to be basically like obligated by the end of 2024, um, but they have until 2026 to spend that funding from the American Rescue Plan. So I asked you uh, what Governor Parson wants to use some of this money for, and you answered it very ably. But it was kind of a trick question because I already know what Governor Parson wants to do with <laughs> this money because I asked him that question directly on a what pri- do you know <laughs> on, a, on a prior episode of Politically Speaking. Here is the governor's answer on where he wants to see some of the American Rescue Plan funds go toward. The vast majority of things that we'll be looking at, Jason, is long term. What are we going to do on infrastructure? Some of the things, how are we going to build a brand new health department out of this? Can we get a state-of-the-art health department out of this after what we've all been through with these crises? How do we really move the state forward? But more importantly, how do we move the cities and the counties forward also? How do we partner with them to make sure? Look, the last thing in the world we want to do is just waste this money or just do a giveaway program that two, three years from now, five years from now, whoever the next governor is sits here and says, hey, what happened to that $2.8 billion? We got to find long-term solutions to make government better, but also to be able to provide services to people. So we've talked about this money that has come to the state and will come to the state, but now we're going to dig into it with a lot more specificity with State Budget Director Dan Hogg. 
He's coming up right after this break. And we're back on Politically Speaking, and joining us as one of our special guests today is State Budget Director Dan Hogg. First of all, thank you for coming on the show. This is your first time on Politically Speaking. And we're talking about CARES Act money as well as American Rescue Plan funds. We're going to start with the CARES Act. Can you provide a little bit more detailed information about how much CARES Act money is left for the state to spend? Well, the the state got approximately um, $2.2 billion in CARES Act funding um, in April, March of 2020, uh, when the pandemic first started. Uh, 520 of that we um, immediately distributed to the uh, counties. And so that left us, you know, about $1.6 billion uh, that the state um, has um, left to, to spend. And so we have spent um, almost all of that. We have, um, I think the last time I looked, which was a day or two ago, uh, you know, 150-ish million dollars of that left. Um, it's a little bit of a moving target because some of the activities that we uh, spend this money on, we get reimbursement from FEMA, from the federal government. So some of it's sort of an in or out. We've spent most of it. We are keeping some of it back um, in case we need to respond to the pandemic. Um, recently, the governor announced that we are um, setting up infusion centers um, which is something that we think can really help uh, the citizens of Missouri. And we were able to use CARES Act money to do that. And so we don't want to, you know, we want to keep some of it so that if things like that come up, we were also able to um, use some of it for a healthcare um, funding uh, for hospitals, for healthcare workers. You know, they've seen a shortage of nurses and other uh, healthcare workers. And so we are trying to put a contract in place to help them, um, you know, bring workers in from out of state or wherever to, to help staff our hospitals to, to deal with uh, what's going on with the pandemic right now. So, you know, we've, we've spent on, on a lot of different things, you know, probably hundreds of, of different types of things, um, you know, things like um, personal protective equipment for both state employees and nursing homes, the hospitals, uh, we've bought ventilators, um, we've spent some money um, with state employees to help them when they had to go remote work. Um, you know, we've, uh, we did a pandemic stipend for some of our direct care workers uh, during the height of the pandemic. Uh, just various things that we've, uh, we've done to, to try to deal with the pandemic with this funding. Um, it was very, very useful. I'll, I'll have to say the, the General Assembly um, gave us more flexibility to spend this than normal, which uh, we really appreciate. Um, you know, we are trying to be transparent with our spending on this. The, on the Treasurer's website, there's a, uh, an area you can go to to see what our, all our spending is. Um, but we, we, I do want to say to the General Assembly, thank you for giving us this sort of unprecedented uh, flexibility. This was an unprecedented time. And, um, you know, I think just last week I was in House Budget reporting on how we spent the money in that, and so um, we're, we're, you know, we know with that flexibility comes responsibility to, um, you know, be transparent in how we spent it. Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned the House Budget meeting, and I, I attended that, and and one of the things that you said now and then was, you know, not wanting to spend quite 
yet all the rest mm-hmm. of the CARES funding in case something comes up. And so you mentioned the infusion centers. What kind of other things would maybe qualify for that? Because you do have this extra funding kind of on the horizon. So I'm yeah. curious as to that spending plan for those last few months. So the for just to, to so everybody knows, the deadline to spend CARES money is the end of this calendar year. Um, and so you know, we're, we're getting to the start of the end of the, that time period. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to say what we would spend it on because you just don't know what direction this pandemic is going to go. But we want that flexibility to, you know, maybe we need more infusion centers. Maybe we need more healthcare workers. Maybe it's something else that we don't even know right now that, that comes up. And so we want to be able to respond to that um, with those dollars. And so, you know, and ultimately we'll spend it all. We're, we're not, we're not going to send, send any back to the, to the federal government. I, when we were first uh, getting these appropriations, I, I said that. And so I think we'll, we'll get it all spent. There's, you know, other things we can do to, to help out the budget with it and other things that we can do sort of quickly there at the end. Um, but I, I wish I had something real specific to say, yeah, this is what we would do, but the, the pandemic is so fluid that, you know, you just don't know. I don't think, you know, in the summer we would have said infusion centers, but that's something where the science is um, advanced to a point that those seem to be things that help people. Um, and so we felt like it was important for Missourians to be able to have access to those. I, I want to get an update on the American Rescue Plan. How much does okay. the state have now? When is it getting the rest? And how long does the state have to spend that money? Okay, um, sure. So what I'm going to talk about is the state fiscal recovery funds. There's ARPA is a wide ranging bill that has a lot of very narrow um, sort of pass through dollars that'll be coming through us that we'll put in the budget. But I think what everybody's interested in is the fiscal recovery for states funds. And Missouri will get $2.8 billion for that. Um, we have um, drawn down a couple of weeks ago, you can draw down half. So we've gotten roughly $1.4 billion in state treasury. Um, at this point, we do not have any appropriations to spend that. Um, and then the deadlines to spend that, um, a little different than, than the um, CRF, which is the end of this calendar year, and the cash had to be spent by the end of this calendar year. With ARPA, I think they learned a little from that, and the funds must be obligated by the end of calendar year 2024, but we don't actually have to spend it cash out the door until the end of calendar year 2026. So that gives us a, a longer runway. You know, I think the ARPA funds were not designed for sort of the immediate response to the pandemic like the CARES funds were. I think these are funds that are supposed to, you know, help us deal with the aftermath of the pandemic. And so because of the timeframes in that, you know, we've decided that we're going to, um, recommend appropriations from this funding next legislative session. So when the governor's uh, recommended budget comes out next January, we will also have our recommendations from ARPA. We're currently meeting with the cabinet, stakeholders, others to see um, what opportunities we have with this money. Um, I think we want to find areas that are not just going to benefit Missouri in the next couple of years, but can really push us forward and benefit us 10, 20 years down the road. I've been doing budget since 1995 for the state. I've never seen this amount of money. And we want to make sure that we take advantage of this and really set Missouri up going forward. So, you know, we're looking for some some bigger things. The governor has already announced that we're going to do um, 
400-ish million dollars of broadband to help get access, um, connectivity, all those things. Um, you know, we really feel like broadband is key for Missouri going forward, both in our um, rural areas and in our uh, city areas. You know, everybody needs to be able to connect to the internet at this point. Um, and so we see that as a, a way we can use these. Um, that's one of the eligible uses for um, ARPA. And if you guys want, I can sort of give you the big broad pictures of what um, ARPA can be used for. Yeah, that was, you actually uh, stole my thunder or stole Sarah's <laughs> thunder. And that was going to be our next question about what this money can be used for. Yeah, that seems to be what everybody wants to ask me here uh, these days. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of used to doing this. So of this 2.8 billion, there's sort of what I look at is three major buckets that we can use. Uh, and so the first is responding to the public health emergency, similar to how we could spend CARES Act money. Um, the second is, well, let me, let me say, the second I'll say is infrastructure. But infrastructure in ARPA is very narrowly defined. It's defined as water, sewer, and broadband. You know, it's not highways, it's not buildings, it's, it's, it's very narrowly defined as those. And then the third uh, bucket that we can use this 2.8 billion for is revenue loss. Pretty complicated calculation that they gave us. I wish they would have, the, the federal government would have made it a little easier on us. It's a, a census bureau number that we don't really understand how they um, uh, compile. Actually, there's some proprietary stuff there that we don't really understand, but we've been working. Um, my economist that, that's in budget and planning and our uh, director of accounting, and we've been sort of working with it and we think you're gonna probably, will be able to show revenue loss due to the pandemic of eight to $900 million. So the revenue loss, you can, has the least strings attached. You can, basically it says, it's for the provision of government services. Pretty, pretty wide open there. Um, so we sort of see that as, you know, we can do most anything we would like with that. Um, the other two are, are more narrow. As I said, we're trying to figure out um, what we want to do with this. We're engaging our cabinet. We're engaging stakeholders in various areas. And we will have um, more specific uh, recommendations and very specific recommendations in January when we um, provide our regular budget. Um, I think you'll see uh, almost a separate ARPA-type budget, um, probably separate bills. Um, we've been talking with the General Assembly um, on this. I know you guys, uh, or I think you guys are talking to Senator Hageman on this issue. He, I talked to him yesterday and he said he was going to be talking to you guys. So um, whatever he said is probably great. Um, so uh. Uh, kind of on a similar, you go back a little bit, you know, how the money for ARPA hasn't been allocated yet. And I'm curious as to the decision to wait until the next legislative session. Well, I think because we have CARES money, we also have um, other federal grants that we can, within our Department of Health, that we can use for direct response to the pandemic. I think we want to look at this as like long-term planning and, and really, as I said earlier, try to find projects and spend this money in a way that is really going to move Missouri forward. And that takes some time if you're going to spend it right. Um, also, you know, we talked with the General Assembly and I think they were on that same page. Um, and so it just seemed to be you know, give us the summer and fall to figure this out. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. $2.8 billion is a lot of money. Um, you know, it gets pretty complicated with some of the rules. The other thing is 
at this point, the federal government has not given us the final rules on exactly how we can spend this. There is an interim final rule out there that they took comments on until about the middle of July, but they have not um, issued the, I guess they call it the final final rule. Um, and so we don't exactly know all the rules yet. Um, I think the other thing that plays into this is the federal infrastructure bill that's um, making its way through the, the US uh, Senate and House may also change how we want to spend it. If, you know, if those monies are directed to a certain area, we may want to direct ARPA monies to a different area. There's also some talk that that bill may actually change some of the rules for ARPA. It may change, you know, I, I've, I've seen some things reported that there's even talk that they may change the infrastructure definition to include roads. So that would be a change. And so we, we feel like we've got the resources to deal with anything that the pandemic throws at us. And I think it just makes sense to take our time to, to get a good plan and to really understand what the rules are that we're going to have to spend it by, because we don't want to spend it. And then the rules change and the feds say, yeah, sorry, that wasn't eligible. You got to pay us back. You know, we don't want to end up there. So I, I think talking with the governor, legislative leaders, it just seemed like that was the most prudent way to do this. Uh, before we let you go. I wanted to ask you about the process of getting the additional funds in the American Rescue Plan for expanding Medicaid. Do you know how much it would be, what the money could be used for? And more importantly, would the state even have access to this money since technically the state expanded Medicaid before the American Rescue Plan was passed? Um. Well, I don't, I mean, that's a, that's a, I think an open question for, um, you know, CMS, the federal Medicaid agency to tell us, but at this point, we, we do believe that we're eligible for that. Um, you know, it's 5% uh, increased match on the current population. It's not on the existing population. That's probably going to be hundred to $120 million a quarter, but we won't start getting that until we, um, you know, start submitting bills and that and most uh, Medicaid billings are on a, a month to three month delay, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody's gone to the doctor and seen how long it takes to, to have the bills sent to you after you, you go to the doctor, or the hospital, the same way with the state. And so it's going to be a little while before we actually start expending the money and getting the um, additional match. Um, I expect that that'll be um, something that we'll address in the FY23 budget uh, coming up next session. Because the reason I'm asking about that and, and why this could be useful for future budgets is I could definitely see that money paying for the state match of Medicaid expansion. Some people have said for five to six years, others say three to four, depending on how much the state match actually costs. That's obviously a decision for the General Assembly, but wouldn't that be a, a logical way to use this money given that the state is going to have lots of money from the American Rescue Plan to do other things besides Medicaid. Well, it could be. Um, but, you know, you've got to think about some things. And we have not made a decision on, on how we're going to make this money yet or how we're going to spend this money yet. Um, you know, I think the one thing we do need to keep in mind is this is a, a finite amount of money. And Medicaid expansion is an ongoing program. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where, 
you have this for whatever amount of years it would would fund the the program for two three four five whatever but then at some point you drop off a cliff and while we're getting a 90 percent match on this the 10 percent match is still or that we have to pay is still going to be you know in that 150 200 million dollars when this program's fully phased in that's a significant budget uh lift for general revenue so you need to be careful of not just saying well this will fund that you, you need to find we need to be identifying ongoing sources of revenue that can fund this also so it may be a stopgap, but there's still the issue of finding ongoing general revenue or other state funds to to fund the match as we go forward so i think that's what we're trying to weigh right now of how do we um, use this money but also we don't want to cliff in two or three years where you fall off and all of a sudden you've got $200 million uh, that you need to find in the budget because that's in, in most years, that's a very difficult thing to do. You know, you would, you may have to cut other programs, which we don't want to, we don't want to get into that uh, situation if at all possible. So those are the things that we have to look for. Um, you know, we're, we're, We'll be putting together the budget for FY23, but we need to take into account the long-term health of the state budget. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us and providing just great insight onto where this federal money should be going. We'll be right back after this short break with Senate Appropriations Chairman Dan Hageman. And we're back on Politically Speaking and joining us from his home in beautiful Northwest Missouri, the chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee. Senator Dan Hageman from the great Northwest part of the state. Welcome back to the program. And we, we want to drill down a little bit more about where we are with CARES Act funding and what are some of the early legislative priorities for American Rescue Plan funds. So what are your priorities for the remaining CARES Act funding? And do you think the funds have been appropriated and spent appropriately so far? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we did, you know, at the time, you know, we wanted to make a, a lot of latitude to the executive branch to address the immediate concerns and the urgent concerns of the COVID-19 situation, whether that be testing, whether that be vaccination, whether that be personal protective equipment. Um, you know, there was a need for some speed uh, on addressing some of those things at the time. So we did intentionally, the legislature intentionally gave the executive branch a lot of latitude in, in doing that uh, and moving forward on that. You know, you know, with the recommendation and, and the knowledge that we would be reviewing that in, in the future and, and, and holding them accountable as we go forward. And, and I think for the most part, you know, I think we've spent those funds well. I, I, I think the governor has done a good job of navigating through this COVID-19 process for the state of Missouri, uh, you know, uh, working with the local governments and in, in, in ramping up and ramping down as the need as the need fits their local communities, I think, in my mind, has been certainly the right path to follow. And I praise the governor for doing that. Uh, our economy is, has remained strong in the state of Missouri, where other economies have suffered by, you know, in my mind, over uh, enthusiastic uh, uh, regulation in some spots. So I've been happy with uh, the way we've, we've spent the monies. We will continue to, to, to 
monitor that and how we spend the money. Uh, worked well with the House, worked well with the governor's office in, in doing that, and, and uh, certainly look forward to continuing that effort to address the ongoing needs of COVID and as the other additional needs come up as, as we see them. So, and you mentioned kind of the decision-making and how you gave kind of more of the executive branch greater power in, uh, on that than normal. And so how much decision-making power did the legislature have when it came to spending CARES funding? And are you maybe wanting a greater say with the next round from the American Rescue Plan? I think we will. Uh, and we, again, looking forward to working with the executive branch as we move forward and, and uh, getting their recommendations and, and weighing those and working with them. Uh, I, I look forward to that opportunity here in the next session that comes up in January. Uh, and so we did give the governor's branch a lot of latitude, more latitude than we normally would uh, in a regular appropriation. Understanding the urgency and the need to be able to react quickly. Uh, you know, the legislative branch does a lot of things well, but reacting quickly is not one of the things we do well. And that's why the founders developed the executive branch to be able to, to uh, you know, move quickly on decisions that need to be made in an in a ex expedited fashion. Uh, we recognize that and we gave the governor's the executive branch a lot of latitude. Uh, so looking forward, it, you know, I think we will continue to work with the governor's office on, on uh, let's say, the next round of the uh, American Rescue Plan money that's coming up and, and looking forward to working with them, uh, you know, seeing what they propose and then you know, putting the legislature's touch to it as well. Speaking as for yourself, what are some of your goals and priorities on how to spend this American Rescue Plan money? So we've got about $2.8 billion that uh, came down with the American Rescue Plan. I, I think it comes in two different installments. Um, we intentionally delayed uh, really taking any action on those dollars until next January because we're, we are still getting guidance from the federal government as to how we can use those dollars. And... Um, We've gotten a lot of the guidance already, but it's still uh, coming forth uh, from the uh, from the federal government. So I think I hope by January we will have, you know, greater guidance and a, and a full understanding what we can use the funds for and how we can move forward. Although my understanding, even that may be changing with the uh, infrastructure packages that are uh, before the Congress right now, uh, that they may actually change what we can do with the ARPA funds uh, even more. So. Hopefully, but we'll have a better idea come January as to how we can allocate those funds. Right now, uh, we can use them to continue some of the uh, concerns and expenses uh, with COVID-19. Uh, we can use you know approximately eight to eight hundred to nine hundred million of it to uh, address any shortfalls in the state budget, um, and then and then on the infrastructure side. Uh, we can use it in, in what I consider four broad categories, uh, and that would be water projects, wastewater projects, broadband projects, and then in a, a smaller amount, just kind of uh, whatever capital projects that we we deem necessary for the state of Missouri. So looking forward to, to you know, uh, working with the governor's office and working with the executive branch in developing those areas and, and utilizing the funds as best we can for the citizens of the state of Missouri. So one of your colleagues, uh, Senator Lincoln Huff, who is the vice chairman of the Senate Appropriations Committee, yeah. was on Politically Speaking recently and asked him a very similar question about his priorities. And he mentioned overhauling the state's IT system. Here is Senator Huff right now. Remember that those are the systems that when you go down to your Department of Motor Vehicle, yeah, office and you're frustrated because they're you know hand keying in something that takes five minutes and they ought to be able to 
you know, scan something and it'd be done in three seconds. It's because that IT system behind the person that you're standing there talking to is, you know, was built in the 80s. So is that something that would be allowed to be spent under the American Rescue Plan? And how do you, if it is, how do you make sure that this is actually done right and is not just a giveaway to a private company that wants to get a lucrative IT contract, basically? You know, I agree with uh, Senator Huff, and and I think for years we have ignored uh, upgrading some of our IT systems out there, and so there's a great need to do that. We did a lot of IT uh, upgrades in the fiscal year 21 budget, uh, but I also think that there'll be an opportunity to continue the IT upgrades in the fiscal year 22 budget is what we'll be looking at. Um, So, you know, whether we use general revenue funds that we have, have available or a portion of these uh, American Rescue Plan funds. Uh, and that may be the, it fall in that category of a small portion could be used for other capital type projects. I think it's a good use because a lot of these funds would basically be just one-time funds. They're not ongoing funds. And these are the these capital projects, these intensive uh, IT projects are a good use of those one-time type of funds. And I think it would be a, a good opportunity to upgrade our system and make it more user-friendly, make it more work better for the taxpayers and the citizens of the state of Missouri. So I'm, I agree with uh, Senator Huff and, and that is a good use of our funds. And, and you mentioned infrastructure earlier. And so kind of how can, uh, how could the debate on infrastructure funding you know, the possible pending more money, you know, it's not right. guaranteed yet, but it's kind of on its way theoretically, you know, how could the debate on infrastructure funding change the thought process, the thought process about, you know, American Rescue Plan funding? My understanding that there may be a provision in the, uh, either one of the big infrastructure bills that are set before Congress right now that may actually loosen up uh, what we can use uh, the American Rescue Plan funds. We might be able to use it for uh, uh, highway infrastructure. Uh, or we may may go down some other path, but that's yet to be discerned. We'll hopefully by by January we have better guidance on that. And we'll know what we can or can't use. Um, I, I don't know if you track my record, but I'm a huge fan of broadband expansion in the state of Missouri. I think COVID nineteen emphasized uh, and and brought forth even the need for for broadband even more in the state of Missouri. And so kind of continuing to push that effort out there, continuing to make sure all Missourians are taken care of and addressed with, with good broadband access, um, especially, you know, in my, my district is a very rural district and we need to really, uh, it's hard to get infrastructure out there without some uh, support and some additional assistance to go the miles to, to address the needs of the smaller communities out there. But they, you know, it's just like rural telephone, rural electrification. It's time to bring rural broadband out to all the states in Missouri and make it ubiquitous for all of our citizens in the state. And, and some of the funding through the American Rescue Plan, you know, is restricted in what it can be used for. So, right. you know, they talked about for the for the infrastructure section of that, it has to go to either water, sewage or broadband. Right. Theoretically, you know, the governor's already basically, you know, stated his intent to spend some of that money on broadband expansion. But there is a portion that's kind of just said, you know, lost revenue due to the pandemic. And that's a lot of wiggle room and a lot of kind of not quite free money, but, you know, there's a lot more there's a bigger scope of how you can spend that. And so you, is there, are there already ideas on how that less restrictive funding will be spent? Yeah, we've got some ideas. Uh, again, it, it being one-time funds, I would, I would anticipate more capital intensive type projects, 
projects that are one-time type of expenses. Now we've got plenty of state uh, uh, building inventory that, uh, and certainly maybe some of that will be uh, just a uh, fixing up uh, and and uh, remodeling and 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 just maintenance that we sometimes when we get in a tight situations we tend to forego the maintenance on the state buildings. Um, this is a time to catch up on some of that uh, that deferred maintenance that's been going on, and so I would anticipate those type of projects and be supportive of those type of projects. What you don't want to do is you don't really want to start an ongoing uh, program that needs ongoing funds with one-time dollars. And then you find yourselves in a situation that when the one-time dollars run out, there is still a need and desire to continue a program, and yet you don't have the funding source there any longer. So that's one of the things that we'll be guarding against uh, you know, as we move forward. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have general revenue dollars that we could look, uh, which is an, a, a constant source that we could look to do ongoing prog programs with. But uh, you know, these one-time funds from the federal government, whether it's CARES Act money, whether it's uh, American Rescue Plan dollars, uh, we need to look at those one-time type expenses. Well, thank you, Senator, for your time as always. And thank you, Sarah, for joining us for the first time. Politically Speaking is a product of St. Louis Public Radio, which is part of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. You can follow Sarah on Twitter at... Sarah K. Kellogg. And I don't think you're on Twitter, Senator, but is there any I, I other way... Is there any way that people can get a hold of you through the evils of social media or any other parts of the World Wide Web. I do a modest presence on Facebook, uh, but the best way to contact me is by email in my office. Thank you very much. Until next time, so long. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is Politically Speaking.